So there was a Sunday school teacher, and she was asking the, the kids, how, how do you get to heaven? And one kid said, in a rocket ship. Uh, not really. Another said, uh, by being really good. Um, another said, uh, if you believe in God. But little Johnny from the back, he yelled out, you got to be dead. <laughs> Which was pretty close. But not just dead. To get to heaven, you not a, not just got to be dead. You got to be awakened from the dead. Unless you are, unless we're still alive at the return of Christ. And we've all heard the saying, you know, after someone dies and everyone's mourning, well, they're in a better place. And it's really hard, isn't it, in that midst of the you know, of the mourning and the sadness to, to blatantly refute that, even if it's not true. That's hard. We want to be comforting and nice, but is that true? Is that true? Is that what happens when someone dies? Does their soul go racing up and looks down upon us? Well, actually, no. Not according to what the majority of Scripture teaches. So let's read that, and this is from Corinthians chapter 15, verses 50 to 58. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, 50 to 58. I declare to you, brothers and sisters, that our flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God, nor does the perishable inherit the imperishable. Listen, I tell you a mystery. We will not all sleep. But we will all be changed in a flash, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trumpet. For the trumpet will sound, the dead will be raised, imperishable, and we will be changed. For the perishable must clothe itself with the imperishable, and the mortal with immortality. When the perishable has been clothed with the imperishable, and the mortal with immortality, then the saying that is written will come true. Death has been swallowed up in victory. Where, O death, is your victory? Where, O death, is your sting? The sting of death is sin, and the power of sin is the law. But thanks be to God, He gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, my dear brothers and sisters, stand firm. Let nothing move you. Always give yourselves fully to the work of the Lord, because you know that your labor in the Lord is not in vain. So scripture here in Corinthians and also in Thessalonians suggests that the believer's souls do not go straight to heaven or elsewhere, but the resurrection happens at Christ's return. Believers, in the meantime, go into a state of sleep. So verse 55, at the last trumpet, meaning the end is when Christ returns, and it happens quickly, in the twinkling of an eye, bodily resurrection. So the bodies are still recognizable, but kind of different, turned into something that's imperishable. One commentator wrote this about this passage. In a culture 
that evades telling the truth about death. The teaching of the resurrection comes as a blast of fresh air. If asked, what do we hope for after death? Many devout Christians would answer with sentimental notions of their soul going to heaven and smiling back down on the earth. Such ideas have virtually no basis in the Bible, and those who exercise the teaching office in the church should seek to impress upon their congregations that the predominant future hope of the New Testament writers is precisely the same as the hope presented here in 1 Corinthians 15, resurrection of the body at the time of Christ's return and final judgment. Therefore, with that in mind, with eternity, eternity, let's look at a further three itties from this passage. And the first one is, first itty is transportability, verses 56 and 57. And the question is, are we good to go? Are we good to go? 56, the sting of death is sin and the power of sin is the law, but Thanks be to God, he gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Ko te hara tō te mati, wero, nā te ture hoki i kahai te hara. Ki te atua ia te whakawhietai nāna nei homai te wikitoria, the victory ki a tātou to us. He mea tanga nā tō tātou āriki nā ihukuraiti from Jesus. But thanks be to God, he gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Transportability. Are we good to go? Are we good to go? Are we good to go to the Lord? You know, death is not really the problem. Death is not really the problem. Death is not really the sting. The venomous sting. Verse 55 and 56. It is sin. It is a sting. We lived in Africa. Uh, lots of scorpions for a while. And the body of the scorpion is not the problem. <laughs> the tail is. The tail has the sting. The problem was the tail. And if you got whacked by a scorpion, uh, one of our colleagues that you unlikely to sleep that night. It's powerful. Death is not the sting. Sin is the sting. If sin has been dealt with, God gives us the victory through the work of Jesus. If we have allowed Jesus to become Lord of our lives and forgive our sins. If you don't believe in sin, that makes it hard. And people living around us don't believe in sin. They believe in doing good. They believe in generosity and tolerance and being, you know, a bit rough around the edges, but not really about sin, do they? Uh, interesting, even in the midst of doing good, sin is present. You notice that I see to myself all the time of doing good, but mixed in with uh, pride, with envy, with ambition. And I see it amongst us as well. <laughs> we went to uh, Edgecombe to, to help out last Sunday and worked on Monday. And uh, good people, you know, doing good things. It was good. Interesting thing happened. We're coming, so you go on a bus, you dress up in your white boiler suit to do work, 
and they take you and you clean up, uh, dig dirt off the driveways, fill up big bins. As we were coming back after our shift, there was a motor there. We'd been told, don't, uh, don't take stuff, don't take photos, don't embarrass the residents. Anyway, there was a motor in our bus of all these volunteers, all dressed in their funny white suits. And uh, one of the volunteers, who's a good guy, he, um, and everyone was chucking away their stuff, being written off by insurance companies. Anyway, he'd snuck in this motor beautiful brand motor mower. And um, so it was on the bus, he took it off. Our supervisor says, don't let anyone from the command centre see you there. She was um, unhappy. And rightly so, you know. This is not why we had gone. And it was uh, it put her in a difficult situation. It was creating a bad precedent for volunteers. You see, even in the midst of doing good, sin creeps in. Hey, that's what happens. But awareness, belief in sin is an essential part of the Christian faith. Sin is there, bad sin, rebellion against God. But if we confess it, if we deal with it, we can have victory. Uh, this is Karl Barth. Karl Barth is regarded as a, one of the, perhaps the greatest theologian of last century. He was a uh, Swiss he was part of the Confessing Church that opposed Adolf Hitler in World War II, when most of the other German Christians were supporting Karl, Karl Barth, opposed him. Uh, he wrote uh, many things, including a volume of, of work called, Christ, um, called Church Dogmatics. So it's 14 volumes. It's like a mini-encyclopedia about Christian belief. It has... Six million words in it. You're unlikely to find it in the fish and chip shop amongst the magazines. But uh, incredible man. And he said many things. But one of the things he said was this. There comes a time in every person's life when an existential decision needs to be made for Jesus. So that means there comes a time in every person's life where you have to decide whether you're going to follow Jesus or not. It needs to be an existential decision for Jesus, a time and a place where you say yes or no to Jesus. Now that doesn't mean that's not the, that's not the end of it, but it's a necessary part of it, of faith. Are we good to go? Are we good to go? And if you haven't made a decision for Jesus, an existential decision and a time and a place, and that could even be now, it could even be today, you need to make a decision for Jesus. Are we good to go? Have your sin forgiven? Transportability. Are we good to go? Second, itty, stability, verse 58. Stability. Are we good to stay in the Lord? 58a. Sounds almost contradictory to the first itty, doesn't it? 58a. Stand firm, let nothing move you. 
Stand firm. Let nothing move you. Kia u. Kaitaia te faka kore kore. Kia u. Stand firm. Let nothing move you. Stay stable in the Lord. Stand. You know, it's hard being ready to go when nothing much seems to be happening. It's like our daughter Teatafai getting ready for her parties. And she is ready. She's good to go, but it's not time to go. (laughs) It's time, can I go yet? No, you can't. It's three o'clock. The party is at three o'clock. What about now? No, it's not time. I'm ready. You can't go yet. It's hard being ready, but it's not yet. Waiting can take so long. Waiting can be agonizing. But stand firm. Let nothing move you. We have a family friend. Uh, he's a Presbyterian minister. He went on a sabbatical, had uh, done seven years. What he wanted to do on a sabbatical was to have a look around Presbyterian churches that were doing well and sort of try and get a hold on, on what it was, what were the things. He came back and I asked him, he says, what did you find out? He says, well, the main one really, the common denominator, was that the churches that were doing well, the minister, it just stayed put for a long amount of time. <laughs> nothing, nothing kind of magical. It was that. Perseverance does not mean being perfect. It means keeping on going. Patience, patience. A man called Paul Goodman wrote this. What a good name, Paul. Wrote this about patience. This is from the book, A Long Obedience in the Same Direction, by Eugene Peterson, subtitled Discipleship in an Instant Society. Patience, patience is drawing on underlying forces. It is powerfully positive, though to a natural view it looks like just sitting it out. How would I persist against eroding forces if I were not drawing on invisible forces? And patience has a positive tonic effect on others because the presence of the patient person, they revive and go on as if they, he were the gyroscope of the ship providing the stable ground. But the patient person does not enjoy it. Uh, Eugene Peterson in that same book wrote this. Uh, and it's a commentary on Psalm 129. There are times in the long obedience of Christian discipleship when we get tired and uh, fatigued. And fatigue draws our tempers short. At such times, to see someone flitting from one sensation to another, quitting on commitments, ducking responsibility, bouncing from one enthusiasm to another, provokes our anger and sometimes envy. No matter that we are convinced that their adulteries are an admission of boredom, that their pleasures are the shallowest of distractions. Still, even when we know we are doing good work, which has a good future, the foolery and the enmity of these others makes a hard day harder. But, stand firm. Stand firm. Kia'u, let nothing move you. Stability. Are we good to stand? 
transportability, are we good to go? And the last itty activity, 58b, always give yourself fully to the work of the Lord because you know that your labor in the Lord is not in vain. Always give yourself fully to the Lord because you know that your labor in the Lord is not in vain. Kia hira te mahi kitaariki i ngā katoi e mātou hoki koutou because you know e hara i te maumau is not a waste. Tō koutou mauiwi i roti te ariki what you do in the Lord. As Apostle Paul rounds up this huge chapter on the resurrection and how, how the end ends, he wants to make it practical. Practical to those that get this letter, to them and to us. What does it mean for us in our daily lives? And the third is, are we good to work for the Lord? Are we good to work for the Lord. Are we good to go? Are we good to stay? Are we good to work for the Lord? At Edgecombe, we saw um, houses wrecked, you know, that it had taken months, months and months to work. Nothing to show for it. They were wrecked. And not only that, you know, those, particularly those without insurance, decades of paying mortgages and, and it's gone. But you know, your work for the Lord it remains. Nothing in the Lord is wasted. There is an eternity, a a forever abiding permanent aspect about God-ordained activity. It's not not a momo. It's not a waste. Work in the Lord is not a waste. I want to finish with this story. There was a young man called to Christian ministry 50 years ago. His name was Ross. Uh, His father had been injured in the First World War. And his father had a head injury from that. Consequently, his father was reclusive and a very, very heavy drinker. Uh, The dad, he had little to do with the kids. This man's elder brother, Ross's elder brother, had done lots of the parenting, bringing him up. That elder brother had become a Christian as a teenager, and then the younger brother, Ross, as well. The younger brother, Ross, he felt called to Christian ministry, and to to start with that, he had to go to university to do some study. At at university at Victoria, he he met a pretty young female student who felt no such call. They'd go dancing together, Ross and this young, pretty woman. Ross, he was staying at a Christian, uh, at, at, a, at a hostel, and the caretaker was a devout uh, Christian man, uh, semi-literate. And he noticed this man, Ross, and he knew the call that was on his life, and he was concerned about the road that he was starting to take he would uh, go out dancing with this young woman late into the night. And so the caretaker, he decided he would write a letter to Ross outlining his concerns of what this might mean, this relationship might mean for his future and his calling. Uh, Ross got the letter and um, took it and showed his girlfriend. The girlfriend 
kept it. And uh, what she did is she got a red pen and she corrected every spelling, and there were many, every spelling area, error, every grammatical error. And then he, she got the letter and she posted that back to the caretaker. The caretaker uh, showed, showed the letter to Ross. And, and Ross said, it was like the scales fell from his eyes about this woman. And uh, that man Ross was my father. <laughs> and the woman was not my mother. <laughs> and I, I think that caretaker, you know, despite his, his lack of education and you know, the humiliation he went through in receiving that letter, that he kind of knew in his heart what that scripture meant, that nothing done in the Lord is, in, is done in vain. Nothing done in the Lord is done in vain. It's not wasted. Transportability. Are we good to go? Have you, have we dealt with our sin? Have you given your life to Jesus? Have you started on that journey? If you haven't, I want to give you that opportunity today. Or well, if you've gone away, you, you want to come back to the journey. Are we good to go? Stability. Are we good to stay? Are we good to hang in with the Lord? When others all around us are doing other things, and we look at them and kind of envy at times, but are we good to stay, to stand? Kia In activity, are we good to work? Can you give yourself fully to the work of the Lord as he leads? Maybe it's just as simple as a letter or a phone call or a conversation in the car park a visit, a cake, a vacuum. <laughs> Are we good? Mm. Oh, no. let's, let's bow our heads. You know, uh, there comes a time, an existential moment in time, a time in time and time and place where you need to say yes to the Lord. If you haven't said that yet, and you need to, and you feel that the you need to today. Do you want to put up your hand today? Do you want to say yes today? If you want to uh, say yes about stability today, why don't you just put up your hand and put it down again? And if you want to give yourself fully to the work of the Lord, maybe that's you. You know, you feel the Lord saying things to you and you're resisting it about working in the Lord. Maybe put up your hand. Just as a sign. Yeah, put it down again. Okay. Maybe if we have the band up again and um, people here would love to confirm that with prayer in you today and just, just kind of like cement that in. So... Uh, if you just want to get that confirmed in prayer today, come up and any of those things, anything else, people would love to pray for you. Um, Amen. Lord bless you, keep you, make his face shine upon you. Yeah. Have a good week. People here still love to pray for you and otherwise have a cup of tea, say hello to someone you don't know. Okay.